Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. guys are hungry for more. Anybody in here hungry for more? Man, I, I think we all are. Amy's got something to share this morning. Sorry. I neglected to come up when I was supposed to. You know how you go, God, is that really you? Or is that just me? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all the shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he has commanded and they were created. And he established them from forever and ever and gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all the depths, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word. Mountains and all hills fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His name alone. His majesty is above the earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints. For the people of Israel who are near to him, praise the Lord. But why do we praise him? Do we just do it because this says, because we have a worship leader and a band and we have music and the lights are low? No. We praise him because he alone is worthy. He alone is worthy. He's worthy of our time and our effort and our praise. He is worthy of our obedience. He's worthy of our time in the word, in prayer, serving one another. He is why we do those things. We don't do it to feel good. We don't do it because, I don't know, like we come here because it's scheduled. It makes us feel great, right? No. We do all of these things. We praise him because of who he is, because he alone is worthy. Father, we give you this morning. But not only do we give you this morning, we've already done that. When we determined to come here, this morning, we gave you this time. 
But God, this morning, we give you ourselves. We give you our agendas. We give you our relationships. We give you our habits. We give you our intentions. We yield everything, full submission, because you alone, Lord, are worthy. You are worthy to be praised. We worship you this morning. We love you, Jesus. Please let's not forget that a heart of worship goes with us all week. It's not just here when, again, lights are low, the band is playing. It's fun to be with others in worship. But we worship him in our obedience, in our everyday walk, in the way that we live our lives and pray for one another and serve one another and yield to what he asks of us in his word. Amen? Amen. So keep that heart of worship through the whole week. That's the difference. I think we get thinking this is worship and this is not this is only a portion. He's worthy every day of the week. Amen? Amen. You guys can be seated if, if you would like. I want to touch on real quick um, what we experienced this morning because it's it's really important to understand what was what was going on during worship this morning. That that was Holy Spirit led spontaneous worship. Um, those Jen broke into to several songs. The reason there were no words on the screen is because those weren't planned. And when the Holy Spirit directs and changes things, we need to be able to go with that. And we need to celebrate that. We need to be excited about spirit-led, spontaneous worship. So that is what was going on. It changes the atmosphere in here, doesn't it? It changes how we worship. So it's it's an incredible thing. It's, it's, it's a great, great thing. Um, as I approached the altar this morning, I just felt like get to the altar and, and pray, and I didn't quite know what to pray about, so I just started praying. And uh, it was really interesting because the Holy Spirit, I feel like he just started whispering to me, and he said, waiting. And then he said, waiting. And then he said, they're waiting. And uh, as I prayed, he showed me that, that there are so many people outside of this church there are so many people that is within our sphere of of, of influence friends families co-workers and god was showing me they're waiting to be invited they are waiting to hear about jesus so in our minds we think we we have to share about jesus and invite people to church and this is this massive hard thing and and the holy spirit saying no but they're waiting they're waiting on us to begin to speak. How many of you guys up to the task to say, God, you're waiting on me. I want to step into that. They're, wait, they're primed and they're ready. They're hearing this stuff on the news. They're seeing this stuff on social media and they're beginning to wonder what this whole Jesus thing is and God thing is and what is revival and why are they doing all this stuff and it just keeps good. They're wondering about that. They are waiting. Let us not be the ones that keep them waiting. Amen? Amen. Jen asked how many people were here 
Friday night, I was facing Ford, raising my hand. So it, how many were here Friday night? It was pretty, it was pretty amazing. Um, a couple things, a couple of the comments that I got back from that was uh, uh, one person said, you know, that was, that was kind of like Sunday morning, except it was more intense and way more free. There was no agendas. People could wander around. People could pray with each other. Another person just this morning said it's like they were refreshed from all the things that happened prior in the week. They got to come in here and, and in an hour and a half were completely refreshed and, and reinvigorated. How awesome is that? If you were here, you understand what I, I'm saying. If, if you weren't here, I, I can't encourage you enough to, to be here when we have these things and we're going to have more and I just got to figure out now what what God wants us to do with this it's absolutely it's like do we have one next month absolutely we're going to do we do it like the third Friday of the the month that seems so organized and it's like or do we just open the church up this Friday night right what do we do we're going to listen to the Lord and and seek him and, and see what happens but God is God is moving God is doing great things um, we need to not resist that. We need to chase after that, and we need to really crave that. That that that's what we want. God teaches us to worship. I knew, I knew that when we had prayer Friday night, Sunday morning was going to be something special, and I knew it. And as I got here today, and the enemy tried to have his way, and 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 I had to stand against that and get people to pray to stand against that. Um, I knew God was going to do something, and he's continuing to do it. So don't resist it. Don't ignore it. Don't turn your back on it. Let us get together, and let's pray for our community. Let's, uh, let's not keep the people waiting. Nobody likes to wait. Engage. Speak. Um, kids. Kids, you guys are dismissed. Um, and I want to just run through. I'm going to run through announcements rather quickly like super quickly so we can keep moving here. Um, after service today, it's west of 50s. There's a sandwich bar downstairs. If you signed up, awesome. If you didn't get signed up, if you're like, I have no idea, um, just go to it. So if you're 50 or above, great stuff, great connection, great conversation. That is following service today. And then on February 21st, it's the 40 Days for Life kickoff. Um, for us here at Bridge, our time slot is 1 to 2 p.m., so February 21st, 1 to 2 p.m. Um, try to make it. We're going to meet down there at Planned Parenthood. We're just going to hang out. We're going to pray. We're going to let our prayers be heard and our presence be seen, right? there's Man, we got to stand against anything that is ungodly. We are, we are called to protect the innocent, and I'm telling you, the unborn are the most innocent there are, so please keep that in mind. Put that on your, on your calendar. Just come down there, take your lunch hour that time if you need to, and, and let's see what God will do. And then next Sunday, next Sunday we have our business meeting and our last Sunday. So we have our last Sunday potluck. And then right after that will be our business meeting. Amy, at the end of this service, Amy will be in the back. She has absentee ballots. If you can't make it next Sunday and you are a member here, got to be a member, um, you can go ahead and vote for the positions that are open. Please try to be here, though. That's the best to be here, but we understand if you can't. So Amy will be ready for that. Um, there's also some more legislation. Oh, go ahead.
Okay, three there's three ballots. There's, it's just affirmation vote. It's yes or no. There's three people running. There's three positions open. Each ballot is a different person. And you're just saying, yes, I'm voting for them, or no, I'm not voting for them. Um, you vote, you put it in the envelope, seal it, sign it. We keep it until next week when we when we count them all. So that's what that is. Um, you got to sign. You've got to make sure we keep above board on all the legal stuff. Yay for legal stuff. Um, but we'll, yeah, that's what we do. And then, um, as I was saying, there's also legislation in the back um, on the table under the TV out there. Um, more Christian-based legislation to either vote for or vote against, but get your name on different petitions and things like that. And then lastly, the movie Jesus Revolution will be in theaters on February 24th. Um, they did a like a private screening when I was when we were down at a uh, um, our conference down in Butte uh, the end of January. Somehow there was a connection and they were able to bring the film in, which is like they don't do this. They had to have a representative come and be with that film the whole time, can't get it out of his sight and all that. But they showed that. Um, Amy stayed for that. I was tired. I went back to the room, went to bed. But. That's okay, but Amy stayed and she said it was awesome. It's about the Jesus revolution, like the hippie movement that, that came to, 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 uh, to our great nation in the 70s. Um, good stuff. So if you, if you have a chance, take that in. Later on, once that comes out um, on huh, VHS, once it comes back, <laughs> once Blockbuster gets it, um, maybe we'll grab it and show it here. That'd be a great one to just have on a Sunday, like a last Sunday's we can eat and come up and see that, but that, that would be great. Um, four ways to give. We're rocking through this. Four ways to give. You can give online. Um, you can give by text. You can give in boxes. You can mail it through the app is, is the best way to get online. Give. Give. Again, we worship. We give. We got, man, I had... I had different random stories just this just this week about people giving. And it's like, well, that kind of came out of the blue, but they're talking about giving and, and why that's important and a heart of giving and what they've experienced in that. If you've never experienced it, just try it. I can't say that enough. Just try it and see see what that does in your in your life and in your um desire to seek Jesus. It's, it's amazing stuff. So let's, uh, let's, let's kind of shift now. Let's get going on this message. I'm excited about this message. Um, kind of piggybacking a little, piggybacking a little bit off of last week. And last week, of course, was the 10 plus bonus things to help us share our faith. And, and, uh, that's something we need to think about. And I think that was a timely message with everything that's going on. And then with what the Holy Spirit's showing me people waiting. Gosh, I can't say that enough. They're out there and they're waiting. They're waiting. And the fact of the matter is so many people aren't just going to come to church, but if they're invited, it gives them permission to come to church. So let's be faithful in that. Amen. Let's pray. Father, Lord, what a what a day you've already given us, Lord God. What a time of, of worship and word, Lord God, already. And Lord God, don't stop now. We continue to seek you. We continue to seek your word, your understanding, your knowledge. Lord, we seek your wisdom. 
So Lord God, today, open up our hearts, open up our brains, open up our eyes and our ears, everything, so that we can receive what you have for us. Holy Spirit, you are the giver of that knowledge and that wisdom. So we submit to you, we humble ourselves before you, and we ask that you give us what we need. Holy Spirit, allow me to speak what you have for me to speak, and nothing that you don't. And once again, like always, like always, I ask and I pray, Holy Spirit, don't let anybody leave this building today the same way that they came in. Don't let them leave here with the burdens or the pains, the sorrows, the infirmities that they brought in, Lord God. Let them leave different today and let that different last throughout the week. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Jesus, the famous one. Did you know Jesus is the famous one? Pray this in your name, Jesus. And everyone shout it out. Amen. Amen. Well, are you guys ready? You guys ready to roll? Today, we're going to start out with a definition. And, and then with this definition, we're going to look to a couple scriptures to, to really form a, a starting point where this morning's message is going to go. Let's look at that first definition. Wisdom. We love wisdom. Wisdom is the quality of having experience and knowledge, the body of knowledge and principles that develops within oneself a specified society or a period. I think that's a a good, concise explanation of the basis, really, of what wisdom is. Now let's, let's look at a couple of scriptures and, um, pertaining to wisdom. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses, verses 19 and 20. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Okay, now flip over to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 9. For the Lord gives skilled and godly wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So based upon our definition of wisdom, and in light of these verses, I think we can come to an understanding that there are different types of wisdom. Different types of wisdom that are available to us. Different types of wisdom that we can employ or use in our everyday circumstances, in our worldview, in our thought processes. See, there's there's man's wisdom. And man's wisdom is based on his understanding, his experience, and his knowledge. Man's wisdom is directly tied to his worldview that is shaped mainly by what he has encountered, as well as what other people have told him. Now, the other type of wisdom is God's wisdom. And God's wisdom is is what the Holy Spirit imparts to those who humbly seek him and allow themselves to be open to his wisdom and his teaching. In our culture today, much of man's wisdom is derived by the news, right? We watch the news, we see it on the news, a lot of that knowledge and then man's wisdom comes through the news. Or, or how about this one, it comes through social media. A lot, of, a lot of wisdom comes through social media and then also the experiences of others. 
modern day wisdom allows me to kind of sidestep my own experiences because I can rely on others to do my thinking for me. Now that's a dangerous, that's a dangerous place to be. On the other hand, God's wisdom is shown to me by a way of Scripture and the Holy Spirit. Through this, I am challenged, I am, I am convicted, and I'm given options to implement God's wisdom into my life and into my way of thinking. This, however, takes effort. It takes a lot of effort, doesn't it? Human nature dictates that I go along with the flow of this world and the opinions or the wisdom that I form is not that of God, but that of the current culture or based upon past experiences. And please make no mistake here, Christians, they're not exempt. They are very much not exempt. Though we have an understanding, we don't always implement that understanding. See, bad theology, unbiblical teaching, religious or denominational views, the latest books or Christian fads can all cause me to chase man's wisdom while subverting God's wisdom. And here's where we got to be really careful because it can get quite tricky. Because after all, if I heard it in church, if my denomination believes it, or, or if the book came from the Christian bookstore, well, then it must be honest and upright and correct. Interesting how it actually takes God's wisdom and leading in discerning the difference between God's and man's wisdom, right? So even if you go to the bookstore, the Christian bookstore, and there's all these Christian books, and something piques your interest. It's, it's important to ask the Holy Spirit to help you discern. Is this the right book for me? Is this the right book for now? Is this, is this grounded in your word or not? God is faithful in that. Look at James 3.17. But the wisdom from above is first pure, morally and spiritually undefiled, and then peace-loving, courteous, considerate, gentle, reasonable and willing to listen, full of compassion and good fruits. It is unwavering without self-righteous hypocrisy and self-serving guile. So let's keep this distinction between man's wisdom and God's wisdom in mind as we look at today's scripture because really they kind of smack right up, right up against each other. Let's look at our text for today. If you have your Bibles, which I hope you do, flip over to the book of Luke. We are going to be Luke chapter 13. Super interesting passage of scripture here. We're going to start out with verses 1 through 3. Just at that time, some people came who told Jesus about the Galileans who, whose blood Pilate, the governor, had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus replied to them, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all of you Galileans because they have suffered in this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, change your old ways of thinking, turn from your sinful ways and live changed life, you will all likewise perish. Now, if you remember from last week, we did talk about the 10 tips for sharing our faith. 
Last week was a fun service. It's fun for me. Man, I was worn out because I felt like, woo, a lot of energy in this message and, and a lot of encouraging and a lot of good tips and they're, they're, they're just, you can grab, grab onto them. And, and, and after we talked about that, we all, we all got excited, didn't we? We all got excited first off because we love talking about Jesus. So within this church, man, we're listening. We end in worship and we're like, yeah, I'm going to go out and talk about Jesus. We love talking about Jesus. That got us so excited. That was first off. And second off, we liked it because we understand that we can keep our testimony, our sharing the gospel simple and personal. personal. So it's very doable. But then... But then we left here. We left this building. And most likely, we all began making excuses and justifying why we shouldn't or we couldn't share with this person or those people. And if not put into check by the Holy Spirit, our worldly wisdom, man's wisdom creeps in and we we begin to make unbiblical judgments upon who deserves to hear the gospel and who who is beyond the gospel or unworthy of the gospel. See, there's there's something similar that's, that's happening in this passage, in this occurrence. We see some Jews from, from Galilee who have, who have traveled to Jerusalem in order to offer sacrifice. But while they were there, for whatever reason, Pilate was flexing his, his um, muscle. He wanted to show, man, I am the authority here. Pilate has them attacked and has them killed. And we see man's wisdom coming in here and wondering what sins they have committed in order to have fallen into this awful circumstance. And Jesus abruptly and firmly explains that their wisdom here is misplaced and it is wrong. Jesus says this, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all of the other Galileans because they have suffered in this way? See, man's wisdom points out others' sins, unfortunate circumstances and past mistakes while while really overlooking their own. That's the wisdom of this world. That's the hypocrisy that, that, that crowds its way into so many churches and Christian beliefs. Jesus follows it up and says, unless you repent to change your old ways of thinking, turn from your sinful ways and live changed lives, you will all likewise perish. See, these men who came to Jesus were focusing on the physical death of these these Galileans and seeking to justify why they died. But Jesus sees through it. Jesus always sees through it. And he moves the conversation onto a, a spiritual death and shows that the reason for one's death has no importance compared to living a life of repentance and readiness for one's eternal life. See, they wanted to focus it. Hey, these guys must have been super bad because of the way they died. Hey, Jesus, tell us. Tell us how bad they were. And, and, and then that'll justify because I'm not as bad as them, so I'll never die in that. And Jesus says, stop it. Stop it. 
You're focusing on their physical death. You need to understand that, that our physical death, how we die, doesn't compare in importance as to how we live a life of repentance, righteousness, and readiness. But like Jesus, and what we love about Jesus, He doesn't leave it here. That wasn't enough. If you look at at verses 4 and 5 now, or do you assume that those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed were worse sinners than all of the others who live in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, change your old ways of thinking, turn from your sinful ways and live a changed lives, you will likewise perish. See, now Jesus... He steps in, he keeps the conversation flowing, he brings up another unfortunate tragedy tragedy where 18 people were killed because a tower fell on them. And he poses the question, were those who killed worse sinners than everyone else that lives in Jerusalem? Jesus continues revealing God's wisdom and truth here in that no one, no one is immune from sudden adversity or death. I think you guys, we got to hear that. No one is immune from sudden adversity, chronic adversity, or even death. Jesus implies that we must not equate tragedy with divine punishment. Hmm? That's a big one. Personal sin does not make the brutality of this world come. The brutality of this world just comes. Man's wisdom, man's wisdom looks to justify these events. But God's wisdom reminds us of the fragility of life and importance of being in right relationship with God. See, flip flip that side. God's wisdom tells us that life's uncertainties gives it urgency. We need to live like that. That's right. Guys, we need to live like that. This life, this physical life, this tent that we're living in, just everything that we see with our earthly eyes right now, it's, it's uncertain. It is uncertain. God forbid. But I could step out in this parking lot and somebody could be ready to get to the restaurant. I could get run over right now. Am I ready? Am I ready? Or am I focusing on other things? You need to have urgency within this life. If there's truly people in our life that are waiting, waiting for us to tell them about Jesus, waiting for us to invite them to church, I need to have an urgency in that because they aren't promised tomorrow and neither am I. Jesus turns attention away from disasters and victims and the why questions in order to preach a message of repentance and readiness. He does not promise freedom from calamity, hardship, and tragedy, tragedy, but he urges us to be aware of these false self-assurances that we like to, to creep in. Because see, see, man's wisdom, man's wisdom tells us that if I go to church, everything's going to be fine. 
Man's wisdom tells us if I live a good life and do good things, everything will be fine. Man's wisdom tells us if I pray enough and believe enough, I will never get sick. I will evade hardship and I will always be blessed. Man's wisdom tells us if I have enough faith, then, well, each one of us can and probably has filled in the blank. And after all, those bad things are happening to those people because of a lack of faith and sin that's in their life. Can I be so honest with you guys right now? Don't be that kind of Christian. Just don't do it. The fact is, we live in a fallen world. Bad things happen to the most faithful and devoted Christians trying to justify the why and the why not diverts us from the importance of seeking God and living a righteous life in him despite our circumstances our sickness our past our pain or our poverty Far, far, far too much damage has been done by self-righteous Christians. And it's a bad look, guys. It's a bad look. We all know. We all know people personally who have walked away from church because they've been exposed to this kind of garbage. Tragedy happens in their life. Somebody says, well, you just have to have more faith. The reason that's happening is you don't have enough faith. The reason you're sick is because there's unresolved sin in your life. That's a pretty general statement, isn't it? Who died and made you Holy Spirit? The one that died made himself Lord over you in order to grant you his wisdom. Man, church, we got to start implying his wisdom into our lives. So, so, so don't be that damaging, self-righteous Christian because I'm telling you, it is a bad look. We have such a great opportunity right now to go out, to be genuine, to be simple, to be personal, to love, and to invite See, when we take that attitude, it can not only affect us, it affects who and how we share the gospel, and you know this to be true. See, in man's wisdom, we can deem this person because of their past. Did you you hear about their past? We're that person because of the type of sin that they're involved in. Oh, did you hear? Did you hear what they're involved in right now? Those people, those kind of people, they're beyond. They're beyond the gospel. They're 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 beyond God's redemption. They're they're not worth my time and my attention because I'm self righteous, hypocritical. And I'm the one that judges and deems people redeemable or not. See, we can't do that. See, we blame people's tragedy and hardship and trials and tribulations on a lack of faith. And we can go so far to forsake entire cultures, entire political groups, 
entire faiths simply because, well, look at who they are. Look at what they believe, right? We've seen that in the past, right? With entire cultures. Well, that's just a whole sinful culture. We'll just cut them off. If they want to assimilate with us, fine. But other than that, we don't want anything to do with them. Man, right now, right now, this is a hard one, political groups. Oh, my goodness, those morons, right? That's what we say. Oh, they are so godless. They are so deceived. What are they thinking? Exactly. They're looking to God's wisdom. They're lost. They're deceived. They're hopeless. They're in a hole of muck and mire. Do we turn our backs on them? Or do we pray for them and seek conversation with them? What about people of different faiths? I don't know this morning too. I don't know where this comes from. So I know it ain't from me. It's not from me. But, but I feel like the Holy Spirit was saying, man, anybody who knows people that are in the Mormon faith, they're waiting. They are waiting on the truth. We get so freaked out about the Mormons, man. They're the one we feel under-equipped because they door knock and they got a brand new lit up temple, which just disgusts me. So we get intimidated by them, but they're the children that are waiting on the truth. So if you have Mormons in your life, begin to speak the truth to them. Begin to invite them. Will you get a door slammed in your face like we said last week? Probably so, but we keep at it. We keep going. We keep going. We look at these things and we think, oh my gosh, entire cultures being for, forsaken because of their color or their ethnicity and, and political groups. Boy, we can't just throw everybody out just because they're aligned with a political group and, 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 and those that, that, that have different faiths. Oh, we can't do that. But I'm sorry, us Christians can be really good at this because that's all based upon man's wisdom. Because God's wisdom promises something very, very different. Everybody knows this one. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that God that the world might be saved through him. That's God's wisdom right there. That's God's wisdom that we are to adopt. Flip, flip the side. Let's look at Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How are we the ones that, that, that try to judge or justify who should or should not Hear the gospel message. Flip that slide one more time. Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises. Some count slowness, slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. That's God's wisdom right there, right? That's God's heart. That's God's desire. See, it's all tied together. And we need to tie our heart to God's wisdom. So we must guard our hearts, resisting the sin nature that seeks to divide and judge. And we guard our hearts by seeking the Lord, praying for his will, praying for his wisdom, and praying for his 
ways. And then we get out of the way. Come on, guys, we got to get out of the way. We need to crave and yearn to be obedient to Christ and get out of the way, get everything else in our lives out of there, those thoughts that invade our minds. We look at different things. We listen to different people. And and these thoughts begin to say, don't trust God. Don't look to His wisdom. But look at 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and 6. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Knowledge of God is is His wisdom, right? And take every thought captive to to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Punish it. Take it captive. Pull it down. Man's wisdom is going to attack you at every corner. We need to take it captive. We're going to throw the handcuffs on that thing. Knock its head on the side of the squad car. Right? That's old school, right, Dave? Take a captive. Place it before Christ. Punish every disobedience. Punish every um, inclination of man's wisdom that tries to subvert you, to distract you. Just do it. And now, now Jesus... As, as he's addressing these people that came, and what sin did they have? Man, they must have been really bad. Tell us, Jesus. Tell us. Give us more ammunition. And Jesus subverts that and everything. But now Jesus does something It's pretty incredible and pretty impactful. He goes right into a parable. And this parable absolutely goes with this part of Scripture. It's verses 6 through 9. Then he began telling them this parable, a certain man had a fig tree that had been planted in his vineyard. And he came looking for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the vineyard keeper, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree and have found none. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground, depleting the soil and blocking the sunlight? But he replied to him, let it alone, sir, just one more year until I dig around it and, and put, put in fertilizer. And, and, and if it bears fruit after this, fine. But if not, well, then cut it down. Now, we have to have an understanding that this parable has deep implications to Israel, the state, the, 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 the nation of Israel. But man, it also speaks to us, doesn't it? See, the symbolism here is is visual and it's very relatable. Here's a tree, a tree, a fruit tree that has been allowed to remain for three years despite bearing no fruit. It's taking up space, right? Why is this tree taking up space? It's it's taking up resources. It's even blocking out the sunlight. It's so worthless, it's taking up sunlight. We need to get it out of there. And that's what man's wisdom says. Man's wisdom says, cut it down. Throw it in the fire. Give up on it. Move on. But the vineyard keeper, he has this this other idea. See, the vineyard keeper looks at it, and he said, just just wait. Just just give me a chance. Please please just wait. See, See, he believes that with care, with interaction, with time, And with giving the tree the nourishment that it needs, it just might become a fruit-producing, healthy tree. 
See, maybe, maybe what this tree needs most is just one more chance. But fully understanding, see, the, 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 the vineyard keeper here, he, he, he's not dumb. He knows what's going on. He, he fully understands that in the end, in the end, this, this tree may never change. But what might one more year, one more year of grace, one more chance, what might that actually do? See, it's, it's about looking beyond our own wisdom in our, in our own relationships and applying God's wisdom in how we see those that are around us. Now, God's wisdom is never blind. And within God's wisdom, we do understand that a, that a time will come when God's grace will be withdrawn and unrepentant, and the unrepentant will be punished without mercy. We're, we're not dumb. We don't, we're not universalists. We don't believe that, that, that everybody winds up in heaven no matter what. That would cause you to never share the gospel, right? But we have this understanding through the biblical truth that, that, that there is a place of punishment that holds no mercy. And that that time will come. And at the end of the age, it will come for this very earth. But for so many people, they're stepping into that now. There's going to be people that pass away today. There's people that are passing away while we're in here with all this life and hope in church. They're stepping into eternity. What eternity are they stepping into? See, we have that understanding. We have that knowledge. We have that wisdom. And that is God's and God's alone to determine when each person will take that step. But it's also God's desire for us to share our testimony, to share the gospel, to talk about Jesus to approach in a, in, in, in a non-judgmental way, not holding strikes against them, but simply speaking in love, the simplicity and the, the personal message of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The world is hungry for it again. There are people waiting. Maybe, maybe we should be less concerned about why or how the tree became sick and fruitless and be more concerned with how we might play a part in helping life and fruit come back to this tree. Maybe that's more our job. See, just like those who came to Jesus and wondered why the Galileans died, yet were overlooking the importance in their own life to repent. They're so focused on one thing. Man's wisdom caused them to look at this and they were missing the big picture. And Jesus is always the big picture. See, it's just like how we Christians can tend to focus on someone's sins and past mistakes more than the redemptive power of the blood of Christ, right? We can do that, can't we? Thank God, thank God that our church atmosphere, that a Sunday morning church atmosphere here is 
Come on in. You are welcomed. Here's some jam. You want a coffee? Where do you want to sit? You want me to sit with you? Do you not want me to sit with you? Oh, here comes somebody else. They want to introduce themselves. They want to hug you and, and all this stuff because, man, I've been in churches. As missionaries, we would go into churches. We were missionaries. <laughs> this is so funny. We were the missionaries coming to speak to take over the pulpit for the day. But sometimes people in the church didn't know. So we'd walk in the church and we would be met with judgmental eyes. Well, why are they here? Well, what's wrong with them? Well, well what do they need? Wonder how far gone they are. Right? Oh, no, I'm the speaker. Oh, then everything changed. Oh, bless you, brother. You're a hero of the faith. We can't wait to hear what, what you're going to tell us. Well, you probably may not want to hear what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> we don't have that here. Man, we have an inviting church, and it's a wonderful thing, but, but we need to understand that that exists out there. And because that exists out there, we may get a visitor to our church who has the mindset, because the four other churches that they've experienced in there in a lifetime treated them a certain way, so they're walking in here. And man, they're guarded. They got the they got the, they don't want to talk to people. They're hurt. They're damaged. And we need to meet that head on. Now right. I don't care about your sin. I don't care about what you've done. Honestly, I don't care about your current lifestyle right now. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Right. Because it's my Jesus that's going to help you through that, not my condemnation and judgment. Amen. Now, maybe, and this is just a maybe, all of this wisdom, God's wisdom, will affect who we reach out to with the simple and personal message of the gospel. What a, what a relief. What a burden off my back. See, when we get to the point in our Christian walk, when we get to a point in our maturity with God, when we get to that magical moment when we realize that we are not, nor do we have to be, the Holy Spirit, oh, what a relief that is. You mean Jesus? You mean I don't have to convict them of their sins? You're going to do that? And the Holy Spirit's like, I'm absolutely going to do that. You mean I don't have to come up with all the right words? And the Holy Spirit's like, no, I'm going to do that. You mean that I don't have to remind them of this and, and beat them down with this and, and, and beat them over the head with script? No, you don't have to do any of that. You just have to be open and available. Because here's the deal. There's people waiting. There's people waiting to hear the message. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm way off base here. What do you guys think? Am I way off base here? I hope not. Not on this. Who said that is right? Who said that? See, if we allow man's wisdom to invade our thought process. Because where is man's wisdom truly based? Man's wisdom is truly based on a fallen world that's ruled 
by the prince of darkness. It's Satan himself. Man's wisdom is, has, a, has a basis. It's rooted in Satan himself. And Satan's desire is to accuse us and to divide us and to lie to us. That, that's so man's wisdom is, is based on division, lies, separation, all of those things. But as I sit here, and as you sit here today, and as you leave this building today, and as you go on with your day, man's wisdom is going to try to crowd itself. It's going to try to crowd in there. It's going to try to mess with your thinking. It's going to try to say, you know what? You know all that stuff pastor said? Ditch it. You don't need to, you don't need to ponder that. And you know those scriptures? Oh, weren't those fancy little scriptures that he had? And that whole thing about people are waiting. They're not waiting on you because who are you? Look at your own life. Look at your own, look at the sins, the past sins. Look at who you once were. You're not worthy to see. That's what man's wisdom tries to crowd in and do to us. That's why we've got to rely on God's wisdom. Wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit. Wisdom that conveys the heart of God. It's amazing stuff. It's revolutionary stuff. We have to ask ourselves, do we believe that Paul's words hold true that we find in 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 16. It says this. This is out of the message, so it's very conversational, but it's vivid. That's why I picked it. Here's a word you can take to heart and depend on. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. I'm proof. Public sinner number one of someone who could never have made it apart from sheer mercy. And now he shows me off. Evidence of his endless patience to those who are right on the edge of trusting him forever. How many people in your life right now are right on the edge? They're right on the edge for trusting Christ forever. They're right there. They're waiting for you guys. I'm telling you, they're waiting. But for whatever reason, we get scared where we think, man, they'll never come to Jesus. Boy, they would never come to church. Boy, they, we talk about all the nevers and the why nots. Instead of being like Paul and saying, man, look at what he did in my life. Look at what he did only through his mercy. And there's people. I want to be the example to these people that are right on the edge. I love that they're right on the edge of trusting him forever. Worship team, if you guys want to come up here. See, maybe we need to ask ourselves. We need to ask ourselves, how much time do we devote to hanging out in the healthy orchards, admiring and complimenting all the good fruits? See, we can do that. We can walk through the orchards and there's all these healthy trees. Man, you got some good fruit. Oh, man, that is some good looking fruit right there. Man, oh, that's, that's, that's good fruit right there. And, and don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, we are 
we are to be doing this. This is an important thing that we do. We do it on Sunday mornings, right? We come to church and we worship with each other and we, we talk to each other and we're, we're so patient waiting in line to get a coffee drink. And it's like tomorrow morning when you're at Starbucks, you ain't going to be near that patient. But because we're in this atmosphere, oh, brother, love you, man. Look at, listen to what God did, did in my life. right? And we show off our fruit and we admire other people's, people's fruit. That's edification. And we need to be doing that. But contrast that. Contrast that with how much time are we walking through the forest with all the dying trees. Because we're to be doing this as well. How many trees do you have around you that are dying? They're fruitless. They're nasty to look at. Man, they're so bad you wouldn't even chop them down and burn them in your fireplace. That's how bad they are. But what do you do with them? We turn our back on them. We, we forget them. Or we like the, the vineyard keeper. We saying, God, God, give me a year here. Let me invest in this person. Let me talk to this person. Let me invite this person. Let me let me dig around and, and begin to put nourishing fertilizer into that person's life. Where do we get nourishing fertilizer? It's the word. It's our testimony. It's it's hanging out with them. It's talking about Jesus. What what happens if, if they're a coworker and, and we meet for prayer? I just say, hey, can I pray for you before this day even gets started? What what might that begin to do in that person's life? Might that person be on the edge of trusting Jesus forever? See, we need to be doing this also. We need to absolutely, we need to hang out in the orchards where everything is healthy and, and we're fed. So incredibly important that we get fed and that we get nourished. But if all you're ever doing is spending time in the orchards where everything is, is, is feeding you and everything is about you and, and you gaining and gaining, but you're never giving out, then we're making a mistake. See, it's God's wisdom that guides us. And it's God's wisdom that sends us. And it's God's wisdom that shows us how to and where to spend our time and our effort in both of these areas. Amen. We're going to enter back into some worship here. And I'm going to invite you guys. I believe God is doing things this morning. I believe it started a while ago. I believe you all agree with that. We're not trying to manufacture anything or make something happen that isn't. But I believe God, once again, wants to set people free. I believe he wants to set people free from mindsets, past mindsets, religious baggage that, that so many people have carried for so long, denominationalism, junk like that, judgmental, condemning attitudes. And here's the deal. Sometimes those are against ourselves. Sometimes the self-condemnation is so intense that I don't know how some of us even stand. I believe God wants to take that away and in there replace his wisdom. Now remember his wisdom is attached to his heart, his love, his grace, his mercy. All his amazing attributes are attached to his wisdom. So we seek and we crave his wisdom. His wisdom allows us to react differently in different situations. Don't make the mistake 
to think that God's wisdom, the value of that is dealing with other people. It is that, but God's wisdom, the value there is to also how we deal with ourselves. Turn down those lights, please. If you, for whatever reason, have never forgiven yourself of anything, this morning's the morning to, to begin that process. If you are carrying baggage, if you've been hurt by a church or hurt by people, and you're carrying that baggage, and, and that's causing you to stand at a distance, if that's causing you to allow man's wisdom, the enemy's wisdom to creep in there, this morning is, is the morning to, to begin that process of healing. There's something in your life, if it's, if it's hurt, if it's fear, if it's distrust, if it's any of those things, that, it's not, that doesn't come from God's wisdom. It comes from your wisdom of past experiences, past hurts, past pain, whatever it is. Give it to God. Ask for the Holy Spirit to give you a dose of His wisdom. So this morning, this morning we're going to open up these altars once again. We're going to open up these altars to allow you to dump your junk, begin that healing process. But I would also say if there's people in here and they need a... Man, if, if I'm stuck on it, if they need a physical healing, if they need an emotional healing, if they need a spiritual healing, man, it's available. God wants to do things. I got a, got a testimony this morning about somebody who got healed Friday night. And I believe he's going to continue that. Don't let man's wisdom crowd in your head and cause you to justify all the reasons you shouldn't walk up to this altar this morning. Because I'm telling you, Man's wisdom does it. I'm telling you, man's wisdom's doing it now. Don't let man's wisdom justify and tell you why you shouldn't share with this person or that, even though they're on the edge and they're waiting. So as we go into this last song, Revelation song, what a powerful song it is. Please, please, don't frustrate your pastor anymore. Get to the altar. If you need to be at the altar, you call me tomorrow and you tell me all your problems, I'm going to ask you where you at the altar Sunday. Because He is ways are so much better than mine. He can accomplish things in your life so much faster than any 12-step plan. Amen. So don't let this time get away from you. Everybody stand up. We're going to pray and we're going to, we're going to go right into worship. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are all guilty. Therefore, we humbly bow to you and repent of allowing human nature, man's nature, the enemy's nature, and all the wisdom that that tries to pollute our brain with, Lord God, we, we repent for allowing that to have such a loud voice in our life. Lord God, help us to take those thoughts captive, to make them obedient to the truth the blood and the name of Jesus Christ. So this morning, Lord God, as we are wrestling within our hearts, as, as, as those things, there's a war within us right now between God's wisdom and man's wisdom. Lord God, we understand whatever we long for, whatever we feed, whatever we desire is the one that will have more influence in our life. So Lord God, help us to seek you. Help us to seek you in this worship time. Lord God, throw the chains off. 
so that we may understand the altar is an amazing and a safe place. It's a, it's a place to simply bask in your glory. Lord God, call us close to you so that we may bask in your glory and your peace and your joy and in your love. Lord God, what amazing reason to come to the altar is to be in your presence, but also, Lord God, those that are hurting. What an incredible place to begin that healing process is with your altar. Jesus, guide us. Holy Spirit, counsel us. Speak to us. And call us near to you. Pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Praise his name. What, what God has started this morning in your life, don't don't allow that to stop. See, we have the ability to say, God, I don't know if we want to go here. Let the door open. Continue, Lord. Continue the good work that you have started. Continue. Allow God in. Some of us in here have, have spent a lifetime of, of allowing God to this point, to this line, to this door but not beyond. God is wanting to go way, way beyond that point. So I encourage you this week, seek God. Don't leave this building the same way as you came in and continue that seeking, continue that desire. And can we as a body of believers agree that we need to go out and we need to shock this community? with the name and testimony of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, not to be disrespectful or, or uh, arrogant or, or aggressive or anything like that, but man, let's just go and, and, and look at people the way Jesus desires us to look at them. We don't need to judge them. We need to, to speak to them. Let's get excited about Jesus because if we're excited, if the church gets excited, that will shock and astound this community. Amen. Remember, remember, there's people waiting. There's people waiting on you to speak to them and to invite them, to show them compassion and to show them care. I'm telling you, it's plain as day. They are waiting. The, the harvest is truly ripe. It is truly, man, there's so much out there. We got to go out and start reaping that harvest in the name of Jesus. Be blessed. Be blessed. Father God, bless each person. Give them boldness, wisdom, and authority to speak. Give them the insight to understand what works to choose Holy Spirit and, and, and what timing it is. Lord God, give us that boldness. Lord God, that only you can give and, and allow us to continue to be a difference maker. You are our cornerstone, the one we base our lives upon. Lord God, let our voices go forth to those in need. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And one last time, everyone shout it out. Amen. Amen. Linger at the altar as long as you want. Hang out and love on people as long as as you want. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to 
bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.